excited to, uh, as Jeannie said, dive in for the next month or so, well, exactly this month, uh, into this idea of how it is that we grow, and uh, what does that process look like? What does that even mean uh, to grow? What, what is uh, our responsibility in our growth? What is God's responsibility in our growth? What does that look like? What does the Bible have to teach about us, you and I, actually growing? And if you've been around Soul City Church for a little bit, uh, you know that our central mission is this. We want to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. Like, that's why we're here. So if you forget everything else tonight, if you, anything else, like, if you remember that, that's why we started this church. That's why people have volunteered here and given here is so that we can lead people in Chicago into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And that word transforming is very important because that means a growing and ever-changing relationship with Jesus. If you've been around here for a little while, you know that one of our mantras is that everyone, no matter what, everyone is accepted. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter which side of the you know, political aisle you fall in. It doesn't matter any of that sort of stuff. Everyone here is accepted. But the second half of that is very important. Everyone is expected to grow. So we're all accepted, but we're all expected to grow. Because we believe that a growing relationship, a transforming relationship with Jesus, is what God intends for each of our lives. And we're all at different places in that spectrum. And this is a huge thing for us, an important thing for us to talk about, specifically coming out of what we celebrated last week, which was Easter. And it was so cool to have uh, the full weekend gathering to see Good Friday and the big find and for our Easter gatherings here on Sunday morning and to celebrate, to look back and to celebrate and to look ahead at the life that's been made available to every single one of us, no matter where you're at on the God thing, it has been made available. Life has been made available to every single one of us through the life that Jesus gave for us. And so we taught about that, we talked about that, we sang about that, and several people in our little community, our little church last week, decided to enter into a relationship with Jesus. Decided to say, okay, I'm in. I want to follow Jesus. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. And so, and so that's a huge, like, that's like the biggest decision you can make that's very, 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 very important. That's bigger than should I wear closed-toed shoes or flip-flops tonight. Like, that is like the biggest decision you can make, right? And the next question after a big decision like that is, now what? Okay, so great, awesome. I'm in, right? We're, okay, so I made this huge decision. I choose Jesus. Now what do I do? Now what am I supposed to do? And that's what we're gonna be looking at for the whole uh, month of May is now what? And God would answer that question very simply. God answers it very simply throughout the scriptures. He says, now you grow. Now you grow. Or more specifically, as we'll see tonight, now I grow you. I grow you, because you are created by God to grow. Every single one of us, created by God to grow. Now, we, as a people, we, like as a human race, we like the idea of growth. Very few of us like the cost of it or the process of it, right? We like the idea of self-improvement. We like the idea of a better us. If we didn't like that idea, Oprah would not have a career, right? Like, we like that idea. Every one of us likes that idea. Every one of us wants that. Very few of us are intentional or willing to pay sort of the cost or do what only we can do for that. And yet, each of us is created by God to do that. We are okay with the process of growth and change. In fact, in certain areas of our life, we expect it. 
We expect it. We count on things to improve, to grow, to change. We literally count on it. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, If you have a cell phone on you or a smartphone on you, can you pull that out right now and and hold that phone? And while you're doing that, you know, just since you got it out, let's turn it off. Let's just turn it to vibrate. I'm just putting that out there. Or if your name's Summer, change your ringtone to something more interesting next time it rings in church. Like, Like, turn your phone off, right? Turn off, but here's what I want you to do. Look at your phone right now. I want you to hold your phone seriously. Like, I really mean it. It's not like a metaphor. I mean you, and I mean your actual phone, okay? This isn't like a parable. This is you and your phone. All right, I want you to look at your phone. Did this phone exist five years ago? You can answer. No. Does anyone in this room still have the same phone they had five years ago? That would be phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Rock it. I love it. The plastic Motorola with the thin flip. I love it. All right. Ain't no shame in your game. You're frugal. I appreciate that. Tomorrow he's going to the Apple store. Yeah. Like, we look at your phones. Think about it. Most of the technology in your, this phone that you hold, no matter if you like it or not, didn't even exist five years ago. Or if it did, it was very, very, very expensive, right? We count on that sort of technology to change. You just think about the fact that... Uh, Five years ago, the availability and access to free Wi-Fi, high-speed Wi-Fi, like, it's everywhere now. There's, I won't go to certain coffee shops because they don't have free, fast Wi-Fi. I'm a snob about free Wi-Fi. Five years ago, it wasn't even an option, but I count on it right now. I depend on it now. Ten years ago, we were hearing, do, 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 like, that's all we knew, and we were so hyped on that. We were like, this is incredible, right? Listen to the sounds. It sounds like technology, right? So it... We count on things to constantly, constantly, constantly improve, and Apple keeps counting on us to buy it, to buy it, to buy it, right? So that's technology. Think about financially. If you have made any investments in the last couple of years, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, if you, I'm sorry it's not our fault, but I'm sorry. Like, we know, like, when we put things in the bank or when we invest stocks, like, you hope to have a return on that investment. You want that investment to grow. That's natural. That's normal. That's why we have all those systems sort of set up and in place. Think about your body physically, right? We expect our bodies, at least at some level, to grow. If they did not, then our world would be populated with little 22-inch high, 7-pound, 8-ounce, naked, toothless, bald people. That would be cute, but very weird. It would be very weird. It would be very weird, right? Because like we look at a little baby and go, it's so cute, but we know it's going to grow. It has to grow. It can't not grow. The crazy thing is, I mean, that, that we count on, we depend on so many things in our life to grow all around us. We depend on it. We count on it. But for some reason, when it comes to our interior life, when it comes to our soul, when it comes to our relationship with God, for some reason, we're okay with it not growing. For some of us, We've adopted stagnancy as a strategy. It's just sort of, I'm going to let life happen. And if this kind of improves, great. If this improves, great. We expect everything else around us to improve, to get better, to improve, to get better. But when it comes to our own personal selves or our relationship with God, so many of us have just become okay with staying the same. In fact, we've made excuses for it. Well, I've just, I've always been like this, or, oh, you know, I come from a family that does this, so, you know, this is kind of how it is. And the amazing thing is, is we have become incredibly okay with the strategy of stagnancy. And if the off chance we do actually grow, 
So few of us know how to recognize that, to mark that, to be intentional, to respond to that kind of growth. I want to show you an image. Maybe you had one of these in your house growing up. Did anyone have one of these little things where your parents kind of made the lines growing up? Okay, so if you're not familiar with this or if you moved like 46 times as a child, what this is is, you know, you, every year you kind of make a little mark for each of your kids and how tall they are and how high they are, and it becomes this little mile marker inside your house that proves what we're talking about here tonight. These little guys actually grow up. And for our little kids, uh, we have two kids, Elijah and Gigi, and so in our place that we're living right now, we started doing that for them. We have a wall in our kitchen, and so we started marking, you know, how tall they are. And, uh, and what's funny is you're supposed to do it every year, like on the birthday, but our kids just can't wait that long. So like every three weeks, they want to be measured. And so we're down to like milli-inch little lines. It's like, wow, Elijah, a month ago you were this tall, but now you're this tall. I mean, you're really not, and not a lot's happening this month. And so we have all these hash marks, you know, and all these lines going up the wall. And, and uh, we were having a Soul City thing at our house one night. And so uh, we had someone there that was like cleaning our house, like a house cleaner type person. She was cleaning our house and did a great job and everything was clean. She was leaving. She said, okay, I got everything. I got everything. Even the marks that kids made on the walls, I got those too. And I was like, say what? And I walked around the corner. I was like, ah, it's gone. Like this whole last year, every three weeks, uh, gone. And, you know, I, she didn't know, and I didn't want to yell at her, you know, because that's, like, I'm a pastor, and I can't really do that, I guess. Like, and so, and so, you know, she left, and I was like, how am I going to explain this to my kids? Like, I either have to tell them they were born at three and a half feet tall, you know, or, like, we just start making stuff up. And so that's kind of the strategy. It's like, you were this tall, now you're this tall, now you're this tall. Like, that, we need things like that. We need those kind of mile markers in our life to go, okay, I was this, and now I'm this. I was here, and now I'm there. We don't have enough of those in our life, but especially when it comes to our interior growth, our interior life, our soul, our relationship with God, we do, for the most part, most of us, a poor job of marking and recognizing the growth that is happening in our life. And if we were to have a giant door frame uh, at this church that marked your spiritual growth over the last year, like which way do you think the hash marks would be going? Just, just asking you to think about that privately, personally, yourself. Over the last five years, when it comes to forgiveness, being a more forgiving person versus being a person who holds grudges all the time, like, are, are you, is there growth? Do you know? Is it back down? Do you know? Like, when it comes to uh, having peace, not being ruled by your fears and your anxiety and your uncertainty about the future, like, are you growing in that? Do you know? Is that growing? When it comes to generosity, when it comes to sharing the resources that God has blessed you with, is that something that you're growing in, personally, not? Like, like, if we were to sort of have to put little hash marks on the doorframe for each of our lives, what would they say? What would the story be? My hunch is, for most of us, we would have no idea where they would fall. And we want to be a church that is committed, committed to having a transforming relationship with Jesus, where everyone's accepted, but everyone is expected to grow. And so that's why we lean into the Bible, to the teachings of Jesus, to see what is it, how is it that we grow? How is it that so oftentimes we don't grow? How do we get from sort of this you know, empty pot with a little seed, not quite sure what's going on, to something beautiful that people actually like, can draw life from? How do we get from here to there? And thankfully, Jesus speaks into this tension. He speaks into it so well by using a, an image, one image, and by teaching us 
one thing. And this one thing we're going to look at today, I honestly believe, if we were to commit ourselves, if you were to commit yourself to doing this one thing when it comes to your interior growth, your personal growth, your spiritual growth, if you committed to this one thing, it would radically change the hash marks in the doorframe of your soul for years and years and years to come. Jesus knows us well. He gives us one thing. And tonight we're going to look at what that one thing is that each one of us, no matter where we're at in the spiritual spectrum, no matter how up, down, and all around our little hash marks are on the doorframe of our growth, each one of us, each one of us can do, every one of us can do this week. So uh, if you can grab one of the Bibles in front of you, you see that there's, there's Bibles there. Uh, and we say this every week, but want to let you know, uh, if you don't own a Bible, if you just simply don't own one, you get to take this home with you tonight. This is our gift to you, one of our many gifts to you. So if you don't own one, take a Bible home. You get to steal a Bible from church. How awesome is that? That's like a double whammy, all right? And you won't get in trouble for it. So uh, if you can open up your Bibles to John 15, it's page 995 in these blue Bibles out in your seat in front of you. John 15, we're going to look at this one thing that Jesus invites and encourages every single one of us to do. If we commit to it, we will see God grow us in ways like we've never seen before in our lives. Jesus is giving us an image, and it comes out of a garden. Ever the contextualist, Jesus digs into the soil of our story and pulls out an image that in his day everyone could relate to. He uses this imagery of a vineyard, of a vine, of a gardener. And while that may not be as familiar to us, especially those of us who live in the city, like our garden is a pot, you know, like that we keep out in the back patio. Like Jesus in his day, this was an image that was very, very familiar because the Middle Eastern culture and terrain where he lived, there would be vineyards all over the hillside, all over the countryside. And people were familiar with this image of vineyards and vines and gardeners. It was very common to the people who Jesus was speaking to. And I think the power of this image will speak to us tonight we're going to read John 15, verses 1 through 4. We're going to pause, and then we're going to go and finish verses 5 through 8. Jesus says these words. Now, he's talking about you and your growth and the one thing you can do. And here's the great thing. He doesn't start with you. Jesus says in John 15, 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the what? The gardener. So Jesus is constantly giving these images about who God is. The story of the New Testament, if you see, the pages of the New Testament are filled with Jesus giving us fresh images of who God is, sometimes shocking, sometimes seemingly irreverent images. Jesus now has given us a new image to wrap our brain around. Aristotle said that the soul cannot think without an image. The soul can't think without an image. And so Jesus is giving us an image of who God is. He says, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. And listen to what he says, verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Again, we're going to hit pause here because a lot of us aren't professional varsity-level gardeners, right? And so, which would be an awesome sport to watch. Varsity gardening is amazing. <laughs> Very long season. Um, so... <laughs> So, seasons. So, uh, all right, so what Jesus is saying here is, look, I'm a vine. My father's the gardener, okay? And here's what he does in me. Again, Jesus hasn't even gotten to you and I yet. He says that, look, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now, you have to understand, that kind of makes sense for us. Like, if you're looking at a tree and you see a bunch of branches that have a bunch of fruit, and then there's three or four that don't, 
There's really not a whole lot of purpose or point to having those branches. In fact, what you may not know is those branches that have no fruit are actually drawing life and nutrients out of the soil, out of from, away from the rest of the tree, and are causing the rest of the tree to not reach its full potential. So a good gardener would look at that and say, well, there's no fruit. There's nothing coming from that branch. I'm going to cut it off. There's no need for it. It's not mean. It's like it's what you do to cause a flower or a tree or plant to grow. But Jesus goes on to say, not only does he cut off anything in me that bears no fruit, he prunes everything in me that is bearing fruit so that it'll even bear more fruit. Now, this is where, like, your real professional gardeners kind of know what Jesus is talking about here. Because you know that at the right time, in the right moment, if you cut back a branch, say, let's say if it's an orange tree, and you were able to cut back at the right time after it's born fruit, you prune it back to the exact right spot in the branch, and there is an exact right spot, what will happen is you'll be able to multiply the fruit from that one branch, because it will grow again, and not only again, it will grow even more so. Now again, this is like, you know, right out of the culture of Jesus' day, He's given us an image where he says, look, this is what God does. Anything that doesn't bear fruit, he cuts off. Anything that is, he prunes back. Now, we can keep talking metaphorically here, or we can get down deep into the soil of our story. Some of us, some of us tonight, are in one of those kind of seasons, aren't we? It just feels like, man, God, I feel like, it seems like you're shutting doors it feels like I'm trying to move forward and I can't figure this out. It seems like this relationship just keeps hitting a wall. And could it be, could it be the hand of a loving God who is protecting you from an area of your life, an addiction in your life, a relationship in your life that is going to keep you from growth? Could it be the hand of a loving God who is saying, no, I want to see you grow and bear much fruit, and I know that this path, this pattern, this person is going to literally draw your life away from areas and places where you can actually grow and bear fruit. And it's at these times when we feel God's active pruning or cutting hand that we go, oh man, we just want to run. We want to get as far away from God as possible. We just don't want to deal with that. Like, wait, this is going to be hard? Like, no one told me this was going to be hard. Like, you love me like that? Like, actually, a good parent should? Like, that's what this kind of relationship is? That's exactly what Jesus is talking about here. And listen to what he says. In that moment, in that temptation where we feel like we want to run from God, we want to get away from God, I want to jump down to chapter 15, verse 4. Jesus says these words, and I want you to read these out loud together because I want you to hear this word said over and over again. So I've given you warning now. I've told you that I want you to read out loud. So that means that all of you get to read out loud with me. John 15, verse 4. Are you ready? Jesus says these words. Remain in me. As I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Anyone want to guess the point Jesus was trying to make with that verse? What's the magic word? Remain. Remain. 
remain, remain. He says it again and again and again. Look, here's your job. God's the gardener. He knows exactly what he's doing. He plants, prunes, he protects. He walks up and down. He knows every branch by name. He is a perfect green-thumbed gardener God. He's got his job down. Jesus says, here's who I am. I'm the vine. I know exactly what to do. I draw life from the Father. Everything he has given to me, I give to you. I am the true vine that you literally can be grafted onto. I know exactly what I must do. Jesus then comes to us and says, do you know what your job is? Remain. Stay. Stay connected. Stay in the place where God is. Because in our lives, in our world, everything is always at work to pull us away from God. And it's not all bad things, it's not all awful things, but there is always, at all times, things that are trying to pull us away from God, distractions that are trying to pull us away from God. And Jesus is saying again and again and again, remain, no, you stay, remain, stay connected. That's your job. Let's make it as simple as possible. Stay put. Remain in me, because everything in this world is always trying to pull you away. And you know this, because you have friends that you work with that could care less about God. And if they knew you were at church tonight, you would be hearing it tomorrow, right? And you have friends that you've grown up with, or maybe family members. They could care less about God. And the more and more you're around them, the less and less you feel yourself remaining or staying connected or pursuing God. Am I right? Have you ever had these types of relationships? You know that there are patterns, there are addictions, there are things that we love to run to for comfort in our life. And not that any of those things or all those things are necessarily bad in and of themselves, although some of them are. We know that the more we run to them, the less we remain connected to God because we're choosing that over him, whatever it is, who it is. There are a thousand things in our world. The simple things, distractions, music, TV. My gosh, we can waste so many times, so many hours watching TV and have nothing to show for it. All the while, whether we realize or not, it is subtly, consciously, on its part, subconsciously on our part, pulling us away from remaining connected to God. And so Jesus says it again and again and again and again and again. You remain, you remain, you remain. As if that is not enough. I love this. Jumping down to verse 5. Jesus says, let me sum up by saying exactly what I said before. Verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you what? Remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. No matter how religious you try and act, no matter how spiritual you try and seem, no matter how hard you try, apart from remaining connected to Jesus, you have so little to offer this world. So little fruit to offer this world. Jesus says in verse six, if you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. He's not pulling any punches here. Verse seven, if you remain in me and my words or my teaching, my way remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's a powerful promise. Jesus moves on to verse eight. This is to my father's glory. In other words, this is what gives God praise This is what gives God glory. This is what pleases God richly and deeply, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. 
Jesus takes us to the garden to teach us how to grow. You think about the story of God. Going all the way back to Genesis, where does the story begin? In a garden. God plants us, our human existence, into a garden of all places. And just moments after Jesus gives these words to his disciples, do you know where he heads to? The Garden of Gethsemane, where he will spend his final few hours praying before he's arrested and falsely tried on mocked up charges and hocked up charges and ultimately will face the cross on our behalf so that we can actually have this life he talks about. Jesus says, look, I know you want to grow. I know you want to grow. And if it's true that you want to grow, then you remain in me. You stay connected to me because I'm the vine. I draw the life from my gardener, Father God, who takes care of his people, and he will, he will cause you to grow. He will give you all that you need to move from just soil and seed to life-giving, fruit-bearing tree in this world. You remain in me, and God will grow you. You cannot stay in close proximity to God without being changed or being different. You just can't. You just can't. You know, for another way for us to think about it is this. And maybe this is worth you kind of writing down to remember. Uh, I thought of this earlier this week and I thought this kind of sums it up. But the more connected to God I remain, the more things start to actually change. The more connected to God I remain, the more I commit myself to remaining, to staying, to literally lingering too long around God, to planting myself in richly and deeply around and with God, the more and more connected to God I remain, the more and more things start to actually change in my life. Doesn't matter how much hustle you got. Doesn't matter how strong you think you are. Doesn't matter how many friends or networks or connections you have. It doesn't matter. All that stuff is great. If you want to truly grow and be exactly who God created you to be, to actually experience that life here on earth before you die, then you stay connected to God and he will do the work. When life tries to pull you away, when friends try and pull you away, when temptation or relationships or patterns or addictions, your past comes back to pull you away, you remain. You dig in deep and root yourself in connection to God, in relationship with God, and he will grow you. And guess what? You will bear fruit. You will have something to offer this world. Before you go and change the world, before you go and accomplish all that you have to accomplish this week, before you go and take all the hills that you have to take and fulfill all the commissions you have, before you go, you stay. You stay. You stay right here and make remaining the main thing in your life, and God will grow you. I promise you, based on the truth and example of God's word, you will grow. And if you were to commit to that, and if I were to commit to that as a church, we were to commit to that as a church, this place would be different. So different. This place would be different. This place would have the presence of people actively pursuing and growing in their relationship with God. 
This place would have a peace about it, a joy about it. And it already does, but it only increases the more and more we connect ourselves to God as individuals and as a church. I guarantee you, you do this literally. You remain, you stay connected. You graft yourself to God. You stay right there. You fight to remain connected. And I promise you, you will grow. You will change because God is the one who will do it. And so this week, what we want to do is we want to take that seriously. We want to commit to doing that. And so here's what I want you to think about. What would it look like for you this week, for us as a church this week, to actually like, take Jesus at his word and commit to being responsible for our growth and to make remaining the main thing, to literally commit to staying as connected to God as possible. So for some of us, here's what that means. You need to literally set your alarm clock or two or three other alarm clocks 30 minutes earlier than you normally do. 30 minutes earlier than you normally do. And you actually get up, like you really get up out of bed and you go downstairs or you go outside or you go for a walk or you sit up straight. Don't do this in your bed. I promise you I've tried. It does not work. And you either pray, have a conversation with God, talk out loud to God, go for a walk and act like a crazy person and just talk out loud to God. Just tell him what's on your heart. Ask him big questions that are going on. Start your day by connecting yourself to God. Maybe it means opening up a Bible, taking one of these Bibles if you don't already own one, or finding your Bible, digging it out of your room, wherever you have it, and going, okay, I'm going to read. And here's a great challenge. You can read the book of Proverbs, right? It's right in the middle of the Bible. Great book of wisdom. You could start tonight. It's May 1st. You could start with Proverbs 1. You could read through an entire book of the Bible in one month if you read one chapter a day. And it would take you about 15 minutes, 20 minutes in the morning to get up and read a chapter of the Bible. You may never have actually done that in your life. And you may have been a Christian for a very long time and you've never committed to this kind of responsibility and intentionality when it comes to your growth and your relationship with God. So maybe that's what you should do this week. It's become a discipline for me. I am not a morning person. I, I don't think, I think God literally created me at night. I'm not sure, like, I, I don't know if I've ever known the morning well. But I know that in our season of life with two little ones and our kid, is, our son Elijah is an alarm clock. That dude is up at 6.30 every day no matter what. And I hear his little, like a little rat on our roof just running around, coming around, coming downstairs. So I know that if I don't get up before him, it's not going to happen. So my alarm goes off at 5.30 in the morning. And I'd love to tell you that I do it every day. I don't. I try. But I will tell you this week, I will commit to you. My commitment to you and to God is every morning this week, I will get up at 5.30 and I'm going to go and have time with God. That's my commitment to you. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe for some of you, what you need to do is to eliminate some of the distractions. Because like you got stuff on all the time. You get home and TV's on and it's blasting this and Sports Center and this news thing and all that. You got all this DVR stuff you got to catch up on because that feels like you're actually accomplishing something. You're going through you're like, like a to-do list on your DVR. It's like, no, I'm really getting stuff done. I'm knocking stuff out, right? So you're doing that. And meanwhile, you've got your laptop open and you're doing email and Facebook and you're doing all this. You literally don't have a silent moment in your day. You get in the car and the radio's on. You get to work and people are talking at you all day. Maybe the best thing for you to do is to literally spend one week eliminating as many distractions as possible. If you're serious about growing in your relationship with God, if you want to make remaining the main thing in your life and stay as connected to God as possible, the best thing for you to do is to literally unplug your TV this week. I'm serious. Unplug it this week. 
or to turn your radio off in the car. And when you're driving or when you're going to work or when you're on the bus to not put your headphones on. Or if you do, to put on something that actually talks about God. Maybe it's a worship CD. Maybe it's listening to a sermon on our podcast or some other church, wherever, whatever. But for some of us, what you need to do is eliminate those distractions. You don't need to be playing video games, surfing the internet, checking your phone. You don't, like that is going to only take you, it's going to make it that much harder for you to connect with God. And so it's time this week to take seriously your growth, to be responsible for your growth this week. What would that look like for you? What would it look like maybe for you, you, part of the process is you need to set up like a coffee or an intentional thing and have a conversation with someone who knows God and ask some of your big questions. Maybe that's your big step this week. Just to go, okay, I want to hear more about this. I want to know more about this. I don't know if I'm ready to like go all the way, but part of me being responsible for my growth is I'm going to sit down with someone and ask them some questions. Have a conversation. I'm not sure what it is. The cool thing is this. Like we're not mandating what you should do this week, but here's the expectation. We expect that you grow. We expect that God grows you. We know that he can, he will, he wants to, if you remain in him. The more and more you stay connected to God, the more and more things actually start to change in your life. And we're so serious about it because we know it's going to be hard work and for some of us, it's like going to be fighting for you to be able to do that. We want to give you a gift as a reminder tonight. One of our volunteers, Kelly and Allie as well, uh, spent a significant amount of time putting together uh, this bag of soil and this pot. And every time I say baggie and pot, I just, I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm really, I'm just waiting for someone to come in and either arrest me or say I can't be a pastor anymore or, or offer me a job at a really cool church where that's cool. Um, so this is a terracotta container and this is a holder of soil. And um, what, uh, the reason they've put this together for you is to give you an opportunity to watch what God longs to do and wants to do and is able to do in your life. And we're going to ask that everyone at Soul City, this is our gift to you tonight, you take this home. If you're, again, if you're a first time, you get, you get mugged and you get a pot at the church. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So and we're going to ask that you take that home and this week, that you literally, there's, two, there's little seeds in there for you to plant, that you grow and, and take care of and be responsible for, pay attention to this little tiny flower. And you watch as that grows and you think about what God does for you to grow you. How present, how active, how loving, how intentional, how relentless God is in you becoming exactly who he created you to be. And as you plant this little flower and watch it grow and take care of it, and you take the time this week to take responsibility for your growth, let's just see what's different next Sunday. And let's commit together to really being responsible about our own growth and being here together for this month of May. To commit to this time, whether it's at the 5 o'clock or the 10 o'clock, we're going to talk about next week how relationships and community help us grow, how God uses relationships and community to help us grow. The week after that, we're going to talk about how God uses specific practices and disciplines and habits that he has put in place for us to help us grow. We're going to talk about how our past is a part of the future that God is growing in us. So many of us want to write off our past, pretend like it never happened or never existed, or assume that there's nothing significant to it, and yet that's the soil from which God is growing you. 
And then finally, we're going to end the series by talking about what it really means to bear fruit. And I'd encourage you, as you are growing your little flower, you're taking responsibility to stay connected to God, that you would be present here with us over the course of this month. And let's just see what God does in our lives. And see what he does in this church. God is growing this church, friends. He is growing his church. He is growing his church. And I am so thrilled that you are a part of it. I don't want any of us to miss any of it. Deal? Deal. One of the ways around here that we do that, we experience that, is we experience God growing us and challenging us, is we uh, give back to God. We say thanks to God with our resources. And we've taught on this. You can go back and listen or watch the videos on this or listen to the podcast. This is simply what it comes down to. This is about uh, those of us who call God our Father, who call this church our home. It's a way of us to say thanks. It's just a way for us to say thanks. And here's the crazy thing. Entrusting God with our resources is one of the greatest ways he grows us, right? And those of you who've taken that step and have been a part of our 90-day percentage challenge, like you know how that feels and how that works and how God grows you in that. So we're going to receive an offering. If you're our guest here tonight, like this is not for you. We don't expect you to put anything in it. We'd ask that you don't take anything out. Just sort of let it go like <laughs> as it goes by. And just kind of watch and see. For those of you, again, for those of you who are guests or are checking out this faith thing, this Christian thing, like, like what kind of people would put their faith in what kind of God that they would trust God with their resources and say thanks to God? We would sing songs declaring what we believe to be true about God, what we long to be true about ourselves. Like, what's going on here that these people take so seriously this God who's so committed to us and to our growth? And so I want to pray for you, and in a second, we're going to see the offering and the band will lead us in some songs. But let's, let's just take a second and pray. And consider what it is this week that we're going to do to take responsibility with our spiritual growth. What we're going to do to fight to remain connected to God. And to watch that the more and more we remain in him, the more and more he changes us. What's that going to look like this week for you? God, thank you so much that you didn't come to give us religion or rules with no meaning or purpose, but that, God, it is for our growth and our growth is for your glory. You have come and created us, God, so that we would grow in our relationship with you, grow in our relationships with others, be more of who you created us to be. And God, thank you for the ways and the means that you use that, the things that you use, the people in our lives you use to grow us. God, thank you that you don't waste a thing when it comes to our lives and our growth, whether we recognize that or see that tonight. God, we want to see that more. So we commit to you to paying attention to being responsible, to staying connected, to remaining in you this week. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that is you that we draw our life from. That is you who we can now be connected to through what we celebrated at Easter last week. Thank you, God, for how much you love us in seasons of great growth and in seasons where it feels like we're in the desert. God, you never leave us. You are always with us always loving us, always working for our growth. And it's because of that, because of you, we pray. Amen.